right? You'll find the evidence that you actually caused this event that now you're wishing wasn't going to happen, but you actually did it. So when you, so just go back and reverse engineer the bad things that happen in your life. It's really easy to find how you made it happen. Our entire language is made up of vowels and vowels are the primordial sounds of the universe like the ah, and then we shape we shape those sounds with consonants and so words or names that are mostly the vowel sounds with like maybe just one consonant like raw these are very powerful sounds that i think resonate as power in a lot of people's minds because of of the ah sound right like that ah allah um aum god like this is this is a powerful sound sound and we're all pretty much enveloped in light in the sun in the sounds so is it a coincidence uh i mean we're all i mean we're all part of the sun as from from my standpoint and so i'm just sort of trying to find harmony within that and and i find that within the name mm-hmm. i think actually one of your instagram posts got me to look into sun tanning your butthole for uh yeah <laughs> what do you think of that uh can you explain it a little bit and the benefits possibly so i was and and do view light as something that we should be digesting uh, on a consistent basis just like we do food and water Um, and actually light is the basis of food and water so it's the pure source of whatever we think that we're getting from food and water we're getting from light as well and so along with other things but in in many cultures there's there's gates or channels that we take in energy. So whether you're looking at meridians or nadis or um, in Taoism, they're called gates. And one of the, or like basically it all starts down there, right? So we're looking at chakras even, the first chakra is the root. And then we bring that energy up and we transmute it through the, the levels of ourself up into our higher centers pineal gland crown chakra where we're 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 accessing the universe so bringing in energy from our root isn't a unknown thing to do right so um, exposing all of our skin to the sun is important because our skin is pretty much like a solar panel our skin is made to absorb light through melanin right would you advise against sunscreen Yes. Yes. Even for a male like me, a ginger? Well, the sunscreen can be found indoors, under a tree, or with clothes. So you definitely should manage the sun exposure. You should never burn yourself. But in terms of sunscreen that you buy from a store and you put it on, what that's doing is tricking your body into thinking that because you didn't get burned, that you're not overcharging yourself, but the sun is very powerful. And just like you can burn out a circuit, if you plug a computer into 
an outlet that is higher voltage than the computer can handle, if you're out in the sun for too long, you're going to start frying your your body, your circuits, your nervous system, your skin is just one of the things that can't handle the sun. But there's like, that's just the protective, you know, it's just one of the things. So not using sunscreen just to stop yourself from burning isn't really protecting you from the other damage that's happening from the sun if you're exposed too much. Some of us need more sun than others. And it really has to do, like you said, your, your red hair, your pale skin, you're not really designed to be exposed in the sun for as long as somebody who's highly melanated. They actually need lots of sun to be in harmony with how they're designed. Right. Okay. I'm just going to move on here and ask you a question I've thought about a lot lately, and that's are my thoughts directly responsible for what happens out there in the world? Yes, but also you're, so you're responsible. Like, are my thoughts, like the, the question can just be whittled down to, are you responsible for everything that's happening in the world? And the answer to that is yes. So are your thoughts responsible? Yes, because you all, your thoughts are ultimately you. There is really no difference between you and the world. If you think about it, we're all here for the process and the experience of living. Therefore, yes, you are fundamental in the concept of why you're here, right? Yourself is fundamental, but yourself is pretty much meaningless without all the other selves and all the other inanimate things, even on this plane of, of existence. So we really can look at everything as self and the whole reality really comes down to what you're perceiving what your experience is of this world. And so that's really what's important. What's happening is relative to your experience of it. Really reality comes down to what your experience of the events happening within your world are, what you think about them, what you feel about them, what you're going to do about them. So, so that's what matters. Yeah. So do you believe that we have free will in this experience? Because you look at, say, the star signs and astrology and the Akashic records. Is everything set in stone or can we, based on our behaviors, modify what happens? So I will admit I'm uncertain of that question. Just a, even, an opinion on it. Or yeah, thought. so even what you were talking about with your thoughts, are my thoughts responsible? Well, the thing is, I'm not certain if the thoughts are even ours, right? Because they come from somewhere. We can observe our thoughts. So are we, are, like, there's, there has to be some different aspect of our thoughts from how we're experiencing ourselves. So there is... I feel like we're, there's a whole bunch of different components of this universe that are all functioning together and we can focus in and out of like from ourself to the collective earth, even being a living organism or the, the collective family members. So we can kind of zoom in and out of the different aspects of ourself, including our thoughts. So do we have free will? 
I think at certain levels of that focus, the answer is no. And certain levels of that focus, the answer is yes, right? At some version of ourself, let's call it our higher self, we may be causing or choosing for an accident to happen in our life to assure that a lesson is learned by, if, I, if I'm addressing that as a higher self, we're going to say a lesson is learned by our lower self. But from the lower self's perspective, it may seem like things are spiraling out of control and they don't have a will or a power in the situation, even though that's exactly what was meant to be. So you were kind of referring to spirit guides there. And do you believe in them, first of all? And if they are real, uh, who are they? Are they yourself, like a higher form of yourself? So these are these concepts can be true or false based on perspective, right? So everything I say is multidimensional. Sure. So spirit guides can be other selves and at a certain perspective, a certain level, a density, uh, they are us as well because we are all made of the same etheric energy. So just like you and I are different selves, but from the perspective of the universe, we're just a part of the living organism of earth or the living organism of the sun or the living organism of the entire galaxy that we're existing in. Mm -hmm. If there are guides, it's to assure us of experiences, to explain to us why things are happening so that our perspective can be opened up so that we can choose a different program or at least a different perspective of a different program. Right. And a lot of these guys could be entered extra terrestrial or extra dimensional even to assure that because shaping and molding going on here, we're shaping and molding our reality and the levels above us and density are also shaping and molding their reality, which we are included in their reality. So we can mold reality and I, almost everybody I know has dreams. They want to do certain things. They don't want to necessarily be strapped to a nine to five, all that stuff. What, what's the difference between people who are able to quote unquote manifest uh, the life that they want versus the people that don't? Awareness and choice. If you're working a nine to five, you exactly perfectly are intending to work a nine to five. So even if you convince yourself that you don't like it and you don't want it, you absolutely do want it. That's why you're doing it, right? There's a trade-off. When you're working a nine to five, you don't have to think of things like paying the, the rent or the mortgage of the building that you work in. You don't have to think of things of making sure that people like employees don't quit. You don't have to think of things like hiring employees. You don't have to think of things all weekend long about what the week's going to be like with, you know, managing 60 employees. You get to party on the weekends. You get to turn off. You get to punch out and not think about work. The owners of the business don't think about those. They don't get to not think about things, those things. They have to think about things. The owner of the actual building has other things to think about. They're thinking about, is the business owner going to sue me? Uh, right. The owner of the city is also thinking about it. The owner of the currency, the central banks, these people all have other responsibilities. We fit within the spectrum 
from employee to, you know, one of these elites people, we fit within that spectrum by choice. What we're aligned to, what we're thinking about is important to us. And so if we're getting focused in on certain aspects that are in alignment with being an employee, then we will be an employee. If we start caring about other things that aren't in resonance with being an employee, we will find ourselves resigning and in a different reality we are where we're no longer an employee and we're doing something else. So it's more of a matter of emulating what you want to be and kind of rather than saying you want it to just live it. And um, first yeah. step is realizing that you're creating your current existence. Like realize that because a lot of people that's they're unable to accept that they're unable to accept their responsibility for their current existence if you're unable to accept your responsibility for your current existence there's no way you're going to create another version of existence so you really have to accept that how you are what your life is right now as perfectly as you chose it to be that will open up a possibility choice is there anything you did to help kind of bring clarity to what you wanted? Like whether it's whether it was while you were asleep or while you're awake. So if you go back and reverse engineer everything, you can go back and reverse engineer. I would start with the most traumatic parts of your life because that's usually the hardest thing to accept responsibility for. Go back, think about the last time something went wrong. Um, and, and realize how maybe two weeks before you were thinking, I wish I wasn't in this situation. And then, you know, or maybe you got into a car accident. And then if you reverse engineer, well, how did I cause the car accident? You'll find in a matter of literally seconds, how the day before you were telling your cousin that you hated your car. Right, you'll find the evidence that you actually caused this event that now you're wishing wasn't going to happen, but you actually did it. So when you so just go back and reverse engineer the bad things that happen in your life, it's really easy to find how you made it happen. So if words manifest, would it be terrible thing to be sarcastic as a person? You as long as you understand what you're doing and the people around you understand, you know, they comprehend the sarcasm in it. Uh, the issue is that sarcasm is just kind of one of those gray things that isn't really necessary. I feel that the practice of even things like self deprecating humor, right? Like I'm all, you know, I'm so stupid, things like that. Even if you feel like you're joking around, it's just a lazy way of being. Is there a way that you can spin it into a different spell where the outcome is actually humorous or not? The outcome is actually something that you would like, something that would be harmonious, but that's just more difficult. So the skill set to be able to do that requires more energy from you. And I would invite everybody to go along with that, but it's not the worst thing in the world to be sarcastic, to talk bad about yourself to talk bad about others and to to rumor and gossip that's where it gets more towards the yeah if you're doing that like 
if you're wishing harm on others, you're really just wishing harm on self. And that's exactly what will come to you. What kind of place does meditation and yoga take in your life? How much of a presence does it have? So I do both of those every single day. However, the day isn't centered around the act of that because eventually when you learn what you need to learn from meditation and yoga, it's circulate into every single part of life. So I'll just give an example that somebody might understand. Like I used to own gyms. I was heavily into fitness. Yes, I would work out hours a day, but eventually the fact that I, and I competed professionally in fitness. And because of that, I started noticing that when I walk upstairs, I'm going to start using, like I would trace the line from my big toe up the inside of my leg. And I would make sure that I was activating those muscles. When I pick things up, I was purposely doing everything to increase my fitness. So even though there was an hour or three or four where I was just doing fitness, the whole rest of the day was also centered around fitness because I was a competitive athlete. And it's the same thing with meditation. You can practice for, you know, whatever minutes to hours. But the point is, is to, to let that practice go into every situation in your life. And then that way you're actually practicing consistently. You're going to be getting quote better, more experienced rather. And you have infinite scenarios to meditate and practice the concepts of yoga. Right. What kind of training do you do? And over the years, did you find that the way you train changed when you became wiser? Are you talking about spiritual training? Uh, let's do both spiritual and physical training, please. So I went to, I started going to school 22 years ago for psychology and exercise science. So I've always been interested in the human experience, uh, school. And I had degrees in both of those, but really what, what, where I get most of my knowledge is in books. And so you see some people look to astrology. You see some people look to tarot cards and really what it's doing is it's just, uh, lighting up some sort of, it's inspiring some sort of lesson or thought. And then the real trick is to implement it into your life. And that's what I use books for. Usually if I pick up a book, it's relevant to a scenario that I'm dealing with now, and then I can implement the knowledge into my life. And that's been a consistent thing that I do. I have a particular interest in interdimensional or extraterrestrial authors of the content that I consume. And this is done by human beings channeling. So they figure out how to use human beings as receptor to messages from other realms. And I really like what they have to say about our human experience because they're viewing us from a different perspective. So I do have a lot of knowledge that I base my experience or my, as you quote, wisdom off of, um, their realms of existence viewing us. And then I take that information and I carry it forth into my life. Do you have a recommendation author? So I would start, so starting off, I would start with two different books. One's called untethered soul by Michael Singer. 
And then um, conversations with God. It's not a uh, it's not a religious book, but that that uh, these are not channeled books. I usually don't recommend channeled books unless somebody has read them. But con- uh, conversations with God is actually a channeled book. So that that's also another recommendation of somewhere to start. They're easy reads, easy to digest. Sometimes these books are very difficult to understand. They're talking about other race, alien races, and having no experience with this is a little bit difficult to comprehend. What would you label your religion to be? Because uh, I have a hard time answering this question. Yeah, I think that I went through the process of becoming atheist. I don't know, 20 years ago. And then eventually I came back around to see the value of all religions and all philosophies. And so I don't really know what that's called, but just having a, a respect for other perspectives and, and understanding that we're here, we're, we're separated into individuals for the purpose of multiple perspectives and then to learn from each other and eventually merge our consciousnesses back into each other. So I definitely am open-minded to all philosophies. Hmm. Anything hmm. that's said to me, I just look in the lens of, okay, well, this was meant to come my way. Now it's up to me to digest it and interpret it and integrate it. Yeah, you keep saying 20 years ago, but you look like you're in your 20s. So I got to ask, like, what what is it that you've done for your longevity that whether it's eating or just lifestyle. What yeah. is it that I'm 39. About? Wow. <laughs> I think. So I, I mean, I was exercising a lot. I'm not really exercising, but really it comes down to life force. And so being in nature is definitely one of the, the main things that human beings are going to be in harmony with. And so being out in the sun, especially for, you know, you have to use your own intuition and your own senses to make sure that you're not over, overdoing it with the sun, but bare feet on the ground, out in the sun, making sure that the water you're drinking isn't tainted, uh, breathe through your nose, mm-hmm. ideally sleep and, and wake up without an alarm clock, meaning do what it what is necessary in your life to arrange your schedule so that even if you need to, you're going to sleep at a time that allows you to wake up on your own at that time, as opposed to kind of like rattling yourself awake when, when your body's not ready for it. And then I also like my career right now is, is in superfoods. So I sell superfoods and recruit people to sell superfoods and teach leadership and business development all around superfoods. And so I am consuming a healthy amount of herbs and, and high vibrational foods. Are you doing it mostly through capsules or in just like a powder form? It's powders and capsules mostly. Yeah. And they supplement the diet. So with any diet, you want to make sure that your body is that the diet is supporting nutrify like nutrification of your cells detoxification of the body and then making sure that there's enough components within your diet to repair yourself so nutrify detox and repair that's essentially 
a diet that's going to strive towards health. So when you look at your diet, you want to make sure that it's functional, just like functional fitness, right? That right. you're not just looking a certain way, but you actually can survive out in the wild if some if your car breaks down in the woods, right? That you can lift a stone, that you can build a house, that you can defend yourself. You want to be fit functionally. Same thing with their diet. Whatever you're eating, is your body being nourished? Is it also being detoxified because there's pollution everywhere? There's EMF stress everywhere. Yeah. And are there components to repair itself? Those that's the main stuff. Everyone's getting into all of these other things and you can go deep on it, but you could also simplify it. Do you fast and do you believe in its effects? Fasting is powerful. Fasting. Yeah. We all fast every single night when we sleep every single night we fast. We so don't only fast in the morning, right? Exactly. Exactly. Bre breaking the fast. So we don't only fast from food. We also fast from water. And that cycle was meant to happen more than just nightly, right? Every single winter we would be fasting. And so if you just look at what would be in harmony with the human body, it would be a fast at least once a year. But and so <clears throat> well, yes. So there's, there's this notion that we should always be hydrated. Our body thrives through discomfort. Even plants do. If you want a powerful plant, like medicinal plant, you want the ginseng that was almost to the point of death because it was too cold. And it had to develop um, these things called ginsenicides, which are the essences within it that keeps it alive through cold you want the ginseng plant that's very very old survival plant that uh that is in the sun getting blasted by heat because all of these ginsenicides that it develops as a response to stress that's the medicinal qualities that when you consume ginseng goes into you and helps you be more resilient as a human being so resiliency is what makes our body processes stronger so if we stop drinking water, then there's a war that starts to happen within our body. And there's a whole bunch of things in our body that we would like to starve off. Certain types of bacteria, certain organisms, the healthy, the, the, the cells that are maybe dead or damaged or broken, you want them to die. And sometimes it's because of uh, very little water, like because of dehydration. So when you dehydrate yourself, a war happens and the healthiest cells survive. And that's what we want. That's our bodies made to go through these. We wouldn't always have a drinking fountain with us when our body was, let's, if we're going through, if we're talking about this from an evolutionary standpoint, we wouldn't wake up and there'd be a meal. We wouldn't wake up and there would be water. We'd have to go search for it. And sometimes through the summer, there wouldn't be much water. And so our body has, has evolved and adapted to those, those times. And it's, there's critical processes that actually need these states of beings to happen. So let me just talk one more about fasting. When we fast, so our bodies are producing stem cells our entire life. It's like our bone marrow, our liver, our kidneys are producing stem cells our entire life. We think it's only when we're a kid, but it's our entire life. Right the body puts those stem cells in our fat cells and we don't utilize them as long as we're eating. When we stop eating, when we fast, the body goes to the fat 
and it utilizes the fat for energy. And voila, there's also a stem cell there. Because mm -hmm. if you think about it, in the wintertime, we would be sleeping a lot, we wouldn't be eating much, and that would be the perfect time to repair right. your body with perfectly healthy stem cells. And so, yeah, actually our, our products that, that we sell are a lot of our business is based around a fast and, and stem cell therapy, natural stem cell therapy based around a fast with some added, it's kind of like a modified fast. It's, it's all the good parts about a fast, but without the atrophy and without the negative components of the fast. So do you time restrict eat almost every day or are you doing a extended one every now and then? Like, where would you, what, what's the threshold with time and getting the most out of your fast? So I'm not as restrictive with my diet as I used to. So I mentioned I used to own a gym. I used to be really into all of these things. Yeah. And yeah, I've done intermittent fasting. Right now, I'm not, I'm, I'm a 10 day window, like with this fast I'm talking about once a year maybe once longer than a year, right. but, uh, I really like how I feel it, it resets the gut. But in terms of what I do every single day, I eat one meal a day, but I am snacking most all the day. And that's just because it makes me happy. Not because I think it's the best thing. Good. I would probably say the best thing would be not eating as much as possible, like to try to not eat most of your 24 hour period and eat yeah. just some of it. And then how do you balance technology with everyone using their phones so much? Uh, how do you keep things alive and, and going well? Yeah, I look at it positively. And even though I know that there's EMF that's frying my cells, we're necessary to go through this. Like this is us, right? Back in the day, there are people that were crashing on planes and that was what they dealt with. And, and people that were crashing in cars because the cars weren't up to, you know, weren't up to safety parameters. You know, somebody had to think about the seatbelt at some point in that journey, but a whole bunch of people died before that using a car. And there was a lot of people saying like, we should be sticking with the horse this car thing is bad. Laying down roads is bad for the environment. That's all true. And same thing with technology. We can look at it negatively, or we can look at it as this is the evolution of life on this planet. This is where it's going. Are we going to continue to try and resist it? Or are we going to use it, you know, to our benefit and to the benefit of the planet? And so I have a healthy relationship with it. Like I said, I do I do go outside. I try to balance. And so I'm not just sitting in a dark room, even right. there, even right now I'm in a part of my house where there's a lot of light coming in. If I wasn't on this podcast with you, I'd be outside on the, on the earth, but I do have an office that's quiet, but it's just dark. And, and so I try to remediate the, mm -hmm qualities of technology that can take us away from nature and i and i supplement nature along with it nice do you uh can you, you hear believe... that chainsaw or no uh no it's actually all right okay <laughs> do you believe in uh retaining semen if there's any benefit to that there definitely is benefit to it and i have done it and i feel like after 
six weeks for me, that's when I crossed into this other threshold where I could feel way more powerful. And it wasn't just a power that I felt. I could feel that reality felt my power as well. Like almost like a recognition. Other people could sense just the more of me hmm. thing. Yeah, power, I would say, is what it felt like. The the thing is, is that when you're doing these practices, there is there is this question that we want to consider, which is, are we here for this, right? It's great to experiment with it and integrate what you learned from these experiences, but also move on to other experiences. There, there's, there's, there's other ways. Like I, I'm a fan of the Egyptian sex magic. And so back to the semen retention, you always want to make sure that you're moving that, that those lower centered, I talked about like the root level urges and, and that energy, you want to move that up into your system so that you are then using your thoughts and your mind creatively, right? Because sexual energy is a creative energy. It creates human beings, it creates other selves, other worlds. Even if you actually look at what a life is, it's a whole new world. You want to make sure you're taking the energy and moving it up through practices like yoga up and, and Qigong and, and Taoist practices, move it up through your spine, through your body, into your higher centers so that your thoughts become manifesting creations. But Egyptian sex magic actually includes orgasm and you just sort of recapture it. So even if you're expelling it out, you're also using like the onk shape, you're cycling it back in through your heart center, you're recapturing it. So there's all different types. And ultimately, we also can't retain, we're not going to retain our seed forever if we plan on reproducing. <laughs> so at some point, you, if you want to reproduce, that practice isn't going to last. Speaking of reproducing, uh, do you believe in reincarnation? If it's a yes or no, then it's definitely a yes. Um, Do you but know it really just the difference between, I guess, since we're all in this right now, we don't totally know, but uh, do you know anything, the difference between reaching Nirvana or just going through the cycle? I don't have words for that. I don't think that I've reached that state. But I also, it just depends. Like we think that it's a different place, right? It might be where we're at right now. And I would say that it almost has to be where we're at right now. And it's just that state of being is just a simple state of being. It's a choice. It's, it's a realization. It's a remembering of who we truly are. It's, it's taking responsibility for being that. And I would say that all of us have an ability to peer layers off the on onion or exit the matrix matrix that we're in right now into another matrix or open ourselves up to more perspectives and um i don't i'm not necessarily attached with reaching enlightenment right i'm not or or nirvana that's not the goal the goal is to act in the the highest state in every moment 
of life, every choice is, you know, come from that place of, I guess it would be a place of nirvana or enlightenment or love or ecstasy. And even through the darknesses of life, like, can, can I still maintain that, that awareness, that vibration? What place do you think drugs have with spirituality, both social drugs like alcohol and also psychedelics, which are thought and I've also experienced, they do expand your consciousness. So I feel that a lot of social drugs depress the lower levels like anger and fear. And so when you take existence and you erase anger, fear, guilt, shame, dependence, if you start erasing that, then what you're left over with is love, happiness, joy, bliss. Right. And so uh, it's not that the fear and the shame and the anger goes away, but while you're consuming, they go away. Right. And so now you're experiencing the, the love and the joy. The thing is, no matter what you're doing, whether it's a psychedelic or even getting plastered at a bar, mm -hmm. integration is always the most important aspect of any psychedelic or, or even let's call it street drug. And so if we can learn to integrate the feeling states where we were able to love without restriction, right? Because a lot of our love is tied. We have shame wrapped into love. We have anger wrapped into love. If you went through a breakup, you probably have anger and mistrust like wrapped and tied into your love. Right. But if we can, if we can start to integrate these other feeling states into our life, that's the most important thing. Same thing with psychedelics. Psychedelics, I'm not currently, and I don't have that much. I have a lot of experience with learning about them and knowledge and friends. I haven't journeyed down so far into the psychedelic mm -hmm. rabbit hole because for me, I'm integrating enough as it is. Um, and right. I also, as I said, these extraterrestrial, extra dimensional entities, there's not very many of them that have high cards for psychedelics. Like right. it's not, I, I don't come across these teachings where they're telling us to go, you know, even if it's a plant where they're telling us to do these things. Mm -hmm. So I think that it is an aspect of this reality. It is there for us to experience. If we're called to it, just make sure that you're in harmony. I have no objections to them. When the, when I feel pulled towards that experience, I will follow that pull, but it just hasn't happened um, for, yeah. for many of them. I found it sort of interesting how DMT, like one of the most powerful psychedelics is also the chemical you release that makes you dream every night. And it's also what makes your supposedly your life flash before your eyes when you die is everybody's building it up constantly in their bodies. So, so I what happens? I, yeah. What happens when you do it extrinsically, like when you actually inhale it, is that having effect? You know, because if I inject testosterone in myself right now, my testicles will shrivel up because there's no need for them anymore. Eventually. <laughs> so, but, yeah. So what happens with DMT? Like, because the DMT, 
it does dump into your body if you like even with like mushrooms there's dmt there's dmt everywhere right i love the concepts of psychedelics because when you actually look at the essence of what dmt and even mushrooms like the essence of what their job is in nature yes like it's about opening up channels and, and gates and awarenesses within the plants and that's exactly what they're doing within us so I, it's super interesting to me and i'm not saying i i don't like it i'm like i just haven't felt called to it i'm integrating enough have you ever like astrally projected in any way or lucid dream a few times it's not something that i practice it's one of those things that i <laughs> have desire to learn more about but i haven't been practicing i know that it's something i have read books on it i, I have utilized other people's experiences quite a bit especially people that have died before and went out and came back i don't have much personal experience uh, i want to ask you about hearing like letting go is very important if you want to manifest what you want allowing things to come in making space uh I'd, I'd like you for you to speak to that a little bit just being detached and how important that is if we think about us as the creator of this reality then that means that we're holding on we're, we're attached to everything within it right we're attached to our car we're attached to our house most of us are attached to our parents maybe our, our relationships immediate and and far we have all these attachments that's holding reality together and if we want a different if we want to manifest right that means that we are choosing a different version different program to run within reality if we're still holding on to our current reality then there's no space for something new to exist now letting go is a lot of work if you guys think about the worst breakup you've ever went through in your life it's going to be worse than that or more intense than that i should say it's going to be more intense than that because you're breaking up with yourself and you've been with yourself you might have been with that person for a year or five years and it was really difficult to break up with them because you've known yourself with them for five years and you don't really know how to be without them because you've been with them for five years well you've been with yourself and your current programs probably for your entire life and to be able to break up with that version of yourself you also don't know who you are without these current attachments so it is a process of letting go letting go of your fear you know some of us have control issues but you want a different life well you can't take your controlling nature into this different life most of the times you have to let go you have to let things happen in your life that most of the time you want to grab and control and you're like okay mm -hmm. i'm trying to like I'm trying to change and and it's going through a process of switching your thoughts switching how you feel and choosing something different but there there's no space if you don't let go you can't hold on to more than one thing at a time how are you enjoying your teslas they're amazing just uh yeah are they company cars well i own my own company so the yes they can be but they're they're my cars they're like we bought them all right um, this is just, the most fun thing just, you've ever driven yeah it's a different level of experience but let me let me let me share with you a way of letting go 
So we wanted to, we bought our first Tesla cash. It was, it was a Tesla Y and we, we had three, we had two other vehicles. Um, and a few months ago we wanted, we got proposed to partner with into a commercial building in a tourist area and we needed a certain amount of money and we didn't have the money, but we really liked the idea of investing into this thing. We liked the business plan. And so I was just like, I went to, and I needed to give the person an answer Yeah. and, and, uh, I went to bed and I was like, man, tomorrow I'm supposed to tell this person whether I I'm going to do this or not. And I have no idea where the money's going to come from, but, uh, uh, I'm excited to see what tomorrow is going to be like. And right yeah. when I was thinking that I was thought like, I was already planning on selling two of the vehicles, but to sell the Tesla was like, not even in my. I didn't, I kind of forgot I even paid cash for it. And I was, and I realized that like, oh, wow, money still left in this car. And so yeah. we actually sold our Tesla for more than we bought it for a year and a half later with 20,000 miles. And we were able to invest the thing. Right. And, and then a couple, within a few weeks after that, we got two more Teslas. Uh, so it almost seems like reality is way more perfect because I was just willing to let go of our first Tesla, which if I would have been fearful or, or concerned with my comfort, I would have never done that. Now I have double the amount and, and also an investment property and just like letting go of things. Like when I made an intention, like I got to find this money from somewhere. When something pops up into your reality, a lot of us will be like, oh, no, no, not that, not that. There's no way that's going to happen. But like when these things pop up, go, like reality is giving, like you, you created that for you to just disregard it and say like, no, 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 no. That's you holding on to your comfort of your current level of, of being. And, mm -hmm. and you're not going to progress if you choose to not take the circumstances that you created to begin with. And usually life will end up way better than you would imagine uh, if you just go with go with the flow. Just go with it. Awesome. I keep shaving my head, but I always get reminded of something that you said. And it's that like, you'll grow 80 feet of hair if you keep cutting your hair, but you'll only grow eight feet if you just grow it for your whole life. So am I depleting my nutrients here? Potentially. Listen, anything that I say, I try not to make people feel like if they don't do what I say, then they're going to be negatively effective. The thing is that you're more powerful than whether you cut your hair or not. Like it's a choice. Um, my hair is growing out. I have a reason. I talk about my reasons and that actually helps me strengthen the belief it and that strengthens what I'm actually intending on achieving from long to, from getting long hair. And I'm really just opening up people to my experience, my thought processes. But in actuality, if you cut your hair, if you shave your hair, if you style your hair, there's ways for you to still achieve the same amount of power. And there's workarounds for everything, basically. And right. so just intend on receiving that, that energy back anyways. And then final question for you here. Uh, where do you see yourself in five years? Interestingly, I am, I'm very afraid of where I am going and <laughs> that's, uh, 
it's interesting because I know that that means I need to go in that direction. So for me, I'm looking into some like politics. I, like I don't even, it's not even called it, but this is a, a ver an aspect of my reality that, and maybe it's not five years. Really, I was thinking 10 to 20 years, but steps in that direction probably within the five the five years right yeah it's gonna happen it's, it's really it's uncomfortable for me to think of because it's something i've ignored my entire life and and thought is completely pointless and almost all the things that i tell people not to be right don't disregard other things these things are important no matter what yeah and so i'm realizing that there's this whole realm called like government slash politics that is like I've just chosen to block out of my reality as as a thing, and because of that, I know that I I am to open up that door. Like that's that's the next door for me to go through. Awesome. And I don't know what it looks like. Neither do I, but I'm excited. Exactly. And thank you so much for answering the questions today. For sure. Uh, we're not recording right now. Sorry to. No, you are. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, let's. I'll edit it out.